business. If people don't hear anything for a few seconds, maybe they'll just tune out. But at least if they hear, hear laughter, they'll stick around. That's what we did this time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Laughter yoga. So, aloha and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson coming to you from Hawaiian Sanctuary and the beautiful and lush Big Island of Hawaii. Ah, so gorgeous and rainy and misty and jungle rainforesty vibes today. I'm loving it. Especially since I've been just sitting around a bunch. It's been great. You know, uh, people think about, you know, sitting around and they say, oh, they think that, oh, that sounds so good. And then they try it. And the thing is, our consciousness is so wound up. It's like not that easy to do because of that. You know, a lot of people can't be alone with the consciousness. It's like there's this need to do something, to have something going on. You know, stuff like that, which is, you know, you know, I find that true for myself, too. And that's why, like, every once in a while, you'll find me just, like, taking, like, a four days of silence just to, like, be quiet and watch what's in the consciousness. Kind of like have, a, like, a little purification session, you know, because it's just always wandering and going, 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 going. Um, so quiet time, you know, we don't have a choice in anything that we do, but for the most part, we're not allowing ourselves to take quiet time, filling our days up with things that we think we have to do, keeping ourselves distracted with all kinds of different, uh, you know, uh, ideas. You can just ask, you know, just ask, is this really important for me like right now? Because a lot of times it's not important for you to focus on the thing that you that seems to be important to focus on. And if you can get yourself a breath, it's like you could see more. You could see another possibility uh, and open up to another possibility. And that's all through feeling. It's all through feeling. So if you find yourself in a distraction mode and you know you're in a distraction mode because it seems like you're doing something, not feeling like you really want to be doing it, but have to be doing it and getting through it. So it's kind of like your goal is on the other side of doing that thing, whatever that thing seems to be. So you probably know what I mean. You can tap into that energy of I need to do this to get to my place of relief. And it reminds me of a story that I heard. I probably heard it in yoga or something. Um, so there's this old fisher dude and you know, he lives in a shack on the side of the water and he just fishes when he needs to eat and he gets hungry and he fishes and then he eats and then he just chills out. He doesn't really make any money or anything, you know, he's just kind of like a poor dude. You see a poor dude. So a rich guy said, Hey, why don't you catch more fish? If you catch more fish, you know, you could make more money. And he's like, well, what will I do with that? And it's like, you know, you can buy some stuff. Well, what will I do with that? And it just all got back to, well, I'm just going to stay right here on the side of the water where I chill out all day because it got back to like everything that he was going to do was going to get him back to chilling out on the side of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Where he already was. 
So, you know, you, you, you've probably heard um, that you can't make a wrong choice. And that's true. You can't. It's not possible. But you thinking that you can makes it manifest as if you did. Because you think you can. So when it manifests as if, look, it says you made a wrong choice, you know. Like, you know, like since you didn't wash your ass this morning, now you got a stinky ass. You made wrong choice, right? Uh, you know, it's like you, you are not capable of making a choice. If you got a stinky ass, that's exactly what you need in that moment. And this thought that you made a mistake or something's mistaken or something's wrong, that only needs to be met with compassion. So a lot of people get this wrong because, you know, you're... You're thinking with the ego when you first start hearing this stuff, you know. A lot of people get it wrong and think that, okay, we need, we need to uh, resist being that way. And that's not the thing at all. It's noticing your tendencies. You are not responsible for healing yourself. You don't know how to heal yourself, so you don't have to heal yourself. You have to notice your tendencies. Remember, I've been saying this a bunch, that observation is the action, Okay. So in you noticing your tendencies, that's enough. Now, when you add on self-judgment, then you make it into something else. Then you, that needs to be noticed. Then the next thing needs to be noticed. And the next thing needs to be noticed. Because you keep on adding something onto it, like making it wrong. Right? I mean, it could manifest as some kind of big thing, like uh, I forgot to turn the stove off and then my house was on fire. That's going to be a really kind of intense situation because it's going to seem like you caused the fire. Even other people are probably going to think that you caused the fire unless you know people and the people who are around you realize where it really comes from. They know the truth, right? Because if you don't know the truth, it seems like someone can do something, like forget something. It's the same thing. If you can do something, you can also forget something, right? So the story is you forgot to turn something off and then it started a fire but that's not really the actuality of what occurred. It's giving you an opportunity. Anyone who perceived it as if it was your fault, that's an opportunity for them too, which, you know, is not any bit your responsibility. Just for you to know that that's for them, you know, you could bring all of your ridiculous thoughts about it being a bad thing or anything like that, which I know it seems like a bad thing. It's going to feel really heavy, and that's the whole point. That's the whole point. See, we've been so conditioned to run from our feelings. We're so afraid of our feelings. And that's what's causing all the problems in all of our relationships. Okay? So I heard from my mother today. Um, she was telling me about how it was a full moon yesterday. And three of her kids called her. She's got six kids. Three of her kids ca- called her just going through some shit, right? And she's saying, you know... I don't want this. I'm too old for this. I'm tired. You can hear it in her voice and stuff. And my mom is so great. You know, I, I just, I, I just told her, uh, well, you know what? If you're seeing them as a threat, that's not helping them and it's bringing it back. So here's where she's seen it as a threat. You guys could probably relate. When she gets the call, especially when it's from one of my brothers, always acting victimized, always blaming it on my mom. She's the worst mom, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So when she gets the call from that particular brother, she's like, Oh, she clenches up. Her husband gets upset about it. Everyone gets upset. Everyone feels upset. The phone call brings everyone down. 
right? So my mom's going, hey, you got to lay off me. You got to back off. You got to get off me, right? So, so you know, I, I told my mom, hey, you know what? That's making him into a threat because it's as if he can ruin your day. See, you can't have that in your mind if you expect peace. If your goal is peace, you got to see these tendencies because this is a play. Now, look, the way it is with my brother, you know why he doesn't call me? Because he's not looking for what I have. He's not looking for what I got. He's looking for something else. Okay. Something your mother has. Something my mother's got. Yeah. Because she'll play that game, right? Where that, that's really, you know, it, it's like, it's like this. The way the ego's game is, it's like from my brother's perspective, he thinks the way he's going is getting him what he wants. It's just like we were talking about, I think we were talking about last week or maybe on online about how with the ego's guidance, what you think is is good for you, is pleasurable, is really leading you to pain. So my brother thinks is good for him is to call my mom and lay all this shit on my mom. What my mom thinks is good for her is to tell him, hey, you're, you're doing this to me. You're doing something to me. So that particular pattern between these two people will repeat for infinity. No matter bodies, they'll just keep on reproducing. This pattern will go for infinity until someone decides they're going to opt out of that pattern. One side or the other is going to opt out of the pattern. My mom got it. She felt it. She can feel it. It's like, it's so, it's so wonderful. Um, the way she just opens up because there's a, the way that she's normally dealing with things, you know, we've had different conversations, um, over time and she's like, you know what? I just forget that stuff. I need you to live with me. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, you can call me anytime. You know, that's what I tell my friends too. And I'm telling you guys again, you know, like if you got some delusional ass shit going on and you know you're delusional, just call me because we can straighten that out in a minute. You know, we really can straighten it. It really just takes, you know, it, it really just takes two people going, let's see the truth. That shit is shown to you. I'm really happy to join in that. <laughs> I don't even charge for it. <laughs> it's a healing for all so like you know and you're delusional and i know it comes up from time to time you know what i do i go and uh just say some delusional ass shit to my husband because i know that he won't carry it he's freaking awesome i can just say whatever it is on the tip of my mind he'll be just like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh and he will not carry it he'll like i know that's bullshit you know And, you know, that's like, that's the best friend you can be, you can, you can be for anyone, you know, when they, uh, they call you up or they come in front of you and they just tell you a bunch of stupid bullshit and you don't buy into it, right? You also don't hold it against them. Like you don't have to hold it against, you don't have to hold anything against anyone. It's just a game. And, you know, the game is always to get you to find the lightness in it. Find that creative impulse in it. You know, Jerry was joking around to me, with me today because he was in bed with me late earlier. And he was joking around how... Uh, <laughs> he was hilarious. <laughs> Anyone can jump o- come over and jump in bed with me, you know. Well, it's not, yeah, he thought he was... Spe- he knew he wasn't, but he was happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and when it comes to specialness, of course you're special to me. I mean, you are. You, you can't help it. Because, you know, it's like we're perceiving each other through the image that we made special to ourselves. 
The self-image that we made, we made with the ego, we made that special. So anything that we're in relationships with, whether we like it, like them or not, we've made them special already. It's over. You know, don't tell, you know, don't try to go uh, all spiritual and go, uh, I don't have any special relationship. Guess what? All of your relationships are special relationships. And even a holy relationship is out of a special relationship. And it's only in the moment. It's not like you just turned into a holy relationship and it's like always, no, it's in the moment. You're holy. You're basically holy relating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're relating holily. (laughs) You're holily relating. You're like, hold on. This is a lot. I don't know if I want to get in bed with broads like that. It's like, you, you know, you can, you can say like uh, the relationship where you're allowing, uh, you're in allowing the person to be as they are and you're allowing yourself to observe your reaction to them. That's, a, that's the thing you are, observe your reaction to them. Because you, when you're reacting, you do not know the answer. You're completely fucking delusional. You're out of your mind. You know, I told my mom that. I said, you know, when you're fucking delusional, call me. Uh, you know, how do you know when you're fucking delusional? You're stressed. That's easy. Oh, hope. I'm so stressed out. What are you waiting for? Why didn't you call me earlier? <laughs> if you're, if you're giving into stress, that's what it is. You're now, how do you deal with a stressful person? Jerry and I had a fun uh, experiment with that today. Um, a person actually texting Jerry and saying, I'm so fucking stressed out. So we don't even need to guess what that person was thinking. They were definitely delusional. <laughs> okay. That's how you know. <laughs> so when you're dealing with a delusional person, basically it's like you're del- dealing with a scared child. Okay. So it's not time to, and Jerry was awesome. Of course, it's not time to tell him, Hey, you realize you're stressed. You're delusional right now. You know, uh, Jerry was totally awesome with it. He's like, okay, what needs to happen? You know, like I'm, I'm the man. I'm just going to take care of some shit right now. Okay, baby, what needs to happen? You know, and it's basically, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be taken care of just like that. And no one has a choice and it's just going to be taken care of like that. And you know, if there's, if you, for some reason you can't take care of it, you can't take care of it too, but there's calmness with it. I know this isn't going to be easy to hear, but I'm not going to be able to do that thing for you right now. Oh, you fucking, I'm so fucking stressed out. I hear you. And you feel though, because it's not in the words. Like I'm not giving you an example of what you should say, right? Because I don't know. Every moment is unique. I have no idea. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth from the next moment, right? And I don't want to know. That's the thing. I don't want to be like uh, rehearsed. Okay, if this happens and I say this, this happens. How boring is that and stressful? <laughs> Let's relax ourselves. Let's not stress ourselves out with stuff. You know, you can relax because the words that you need to share with anyone are just coming to you. And, you know, if they come out from a place of uh, fear or something like that, guess what? You can become aware of your tendency through that. Everyone's just teaching and learning together. You're not trying to do a performance. You're not trying to do like some kind of performance where they're going to go, yeah, good job. You know, you're just watching the show. Let things happen. Let the embarrassment come. Oh, fuck, I said the wrong thing. Oh, uh, once I was... Uh, trying to act real smart to a doctor, you know, because I was talking to a doctor, so 
I figured I kind of like needed to step out up the vocabulary, you know, if he was going to have any respect for me. <laughs> so, so I was trying to say something about ethical and I called it ethnical. Oh. And boy, did I feel so, I was like, I was probably 20, 19 or 20. Boy, did I feel so embarrassed. It just sticks out in my mind right now. I could sense oh. that feeling where I'm just like all hot and embarrassed. And I didn't even catch it when I said it. He's like, uh, you know, I know, it's Orange County. <laughs> Let me correct this 20-year-old saying, like. <laughs> and it's like he lost, and, and the thing is, it was so funny because the reflection was he lost all in interest with me in me once I said that word wrong. The reflection was he just completely was done listening to me, like anything I had to say. <laughs> So, you know, as a young kid like that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get all my words right. <laughs> Make sure I have all the words right, you know. And I was like, really, like, on edge about that, kind of getting like, okay, I got to get all the words right. And then I meet Tony, right? Tony doesn't give a shit. He says words however he likes to say words. He doesn't care. <laughs> and his mom was the same way. She would just call it anything. Uh, she would just say it all freaking... And if you try to correct her, she doesn't give a shit. She's just going to keep on saying it that way, you know. And then I get into the essential oil business, and uh, there's all kinds of different ways to say stuff. Like people go, how do you say this one? Um, most people say ilang, uh, uh, ilang, 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 ilang. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in China, they say ilang, ilang. It's like, you know, ilang, ilang, like that. Um, so, you know, the tendency is to go, okay, what's the right way to say things? And we're just making the whole thing up. We're just completely making up. So the thing is, the reason I get the reflection from the attorney that doesn't want to hear any more from me is because I hold that. See? It's because I hold it out that I could be less than if I get a word wrong. I would not have that perception if that wasn't the case. That's how it is. So I, I, that's why I turn red, and I need that. That's the thing. I want it to. Because if it doesn't come out in a, in a manifest form like that, and I don't address it some other way, then it's just there, just like winding me up, making me stressed. There's all this low-level patterns that we're carrying, stressful patterns that we're carrying that we really don't know about until we touch on it. Well, you know, and, and the most, mostly the way we touch on it is through a triggered reaction. There are other ways to touch on it. Yoga is one, you know, that they're teaching about going through the pain. It has to be like that, though. It has to be done in a way where you're actually seeking out what's painful in your mind. And it's, you know, in, in the body sense, it's reflected. So it's like when you're opening up to new levels of awareness, you know, like you're, you're stretching to new levels of awareness and there's pain and your attention goes to that pain. That's just the same as going through an emotional reaction, you guys. So, you know, one of my yoga teachers used to say, um, he, you know, nip things in the bud before they manifest in the physical. So that's one thing like, a, you know, uh, just as a just as a practice, like looking for the pain. We have like this armor on ourselves. And so becoming a pain seeker, I love that. I love it. Because as soon as you sense the pain, 
that's where it changes. When you get a sense of it and you put your awareness on it, that's where it changes. You're allowed to breathe into it and it opens up. It opens you up to new levels of awareness. So it's not like we need to be afraid of it. It's like we need to look for it, actually actively look for it. Like look at where it is that's troubling you. Look, when you get a massage, isn't that what they're doing? Right? And, you know, and, and if, you're, if you're tuned in during a massage, you're doing the same, it's the same thing. And you can notice where you resist. It's all mental. You know, it's funny because whenever I get a massage, especially when it's the first time, acupuncture, anything, it doesn't matter. Um, they go, wow, you are really easy to massage, you know. And it's just because the resistance, they can find tension. That's no problem. One time, one guy asked me, where is it tense? And I'm like, where is it not tense? The whole thing is fucking tense. That's what it is. It's tension. Like you can grab it anywhere and you can just massage it and you can get into some tension, you know. And, and, it's, and that tension is a symbol of what your patterns you're holding in the mind. So that's one way for it to come out and be resolved. Another way, the most common way that it gets resolved is through emotional patterns, emotional pain. Okay, so a lot of the times uh, what we're what we're conditioned to do is avoid our emotional pain. Telling someone that they're putting pressure on you or they're um, doing something to you, they're somehow threatening you. That is a way to avoid the pain. Okay, that's how we do it. We just we 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 deflect it. We go, you know, here, it's kind of like we got the stinky gift. And we're like, here, I want to give you the stink stinker of a gift right here. You're doing this to me. How could you do this to me? I've been on customer service before and, uh, you know, act like they're doing something to me for a second just because I like to play it out a little bit. <laughs> and then I'll just start laughing, you know, and I'm like, I'm just kidding. I just wanted to make it dramatic. I like to go to the dramatic side, see how it feels and watch the reaction and then be like, you know, it's like, here's the thing. When you're, when you're doing customer service type stuff, and you're getting like Jerry. I was watching him with the um, with the airline on the phone today, um, and you're doing that kind of stuff. It really seems like it's all set up to fucking stress you out. Because mm. <laughs> the annoying ass music in between the people, <laughs> the people fucking ask you for all this information. They transfer you to another person, then they ask you for a bunch more information over there. It's the same shit. It's, it's the same. It's the same information, yeah. right? That you didn't have the first time. They need to look it up a different way. <laughs> Jerry even asked her. Can you transfer all the information I just gave you to the next agent so I don't have to do that again? Sure, we'll do that. They don't have to ever hear from your ass again. They, they just like transfer you with no information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all that stuff is set up. Like none of this stuff is random. All that stuff is set up so that you can be at peace. It's all being brought up like that. And, you know, uh, if you feel yourself going in the drama direction, let yourself lean into the drama direction then. Right? Let yourself just lean into the drama, drama direction and you'll make it fun. You'll be laughing about it. You'll end up laughing about it. Just, you know, make it really dramatic so that it's funny. Right? Well, you let it go, let it go to that. And then you're, and, and then you're just like laughing about it. You're like, oh, I'm just kidding. We're okay. I just like to be dramatic. doesn't really matter what any 
one does. It like comes back to that. It doesn't really matter what anyone does. Any of the decisions anyone makes, um, any of the words, anything like that, doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter on any uh, uh, form, way, realm, any way. It does not matter. You know, people say, well, right here in this uh, surface world, it matters. It actually doesn't matter in that either because it's projected from a mind. So it's not, it, it doesn't really. You get the perception that it does because you set it up like there's cause and effect like that. And you lead yourself to believe that the cause and effect is like that. Like it really works like that. I'm going to go. Okay. That really worked. That whole 45 minutes with the Hawaiian Airlines, they got it done. He's on the plane. She'll be arriving in five. So. Fabulous. Thank you. I, Have a beautiful it, time. It was great to do that in your presence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you did. That was really fun. Bye. See you. Bye. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> I love it when my friends come over and do wild stuff in front of me. <laughs> You're on the phone and that's happening. Your job is just to see it as kind of like a game and that that's its purpose. Yep. Yep, that's right. Because, because this self-image that we made up is based in a guilty thought, which is painful. So, you know, I've heard it talked about like body armor or something like that. And now I heard it talked about a little bit different because I've been having, uh, I've been uh, studying block therapy. I don't know if you guys heard of that stuff. Um, but I've been taught, I've been studying like fascia and block therapy and stuff like that. And hearing about how when you're, you're having an emotional a reaction when you're a child and all of the growth kind of things are happening, there will be a clenching up. And a growing around that, like the fascia growing around that. So we come up with our different patterns, like the way that we walk and um, the way that we perceive. And it's like these patterns that are, a lot of us are twisted. We're like twisted and, and stuck in a lot of certain ways. So this shows you when you do it, like how freaking twisted and stuck you freaking are, right? And you're like, whoa, what in the world? And, and as you're going through the, the practice, you're releasing from the mind. It seems like you're releasing from the body, but you cannot do that unless you're willing. See, and even, even the way it's taught, they're teaching it with a breath. Like it, it takes a breath. It takes a, certain, uh, it takes a certain kind of focus where you're willing to go through a surface level of pain. There's a surface level of pain. All emotions is all symbolic, like the body pain symbolic of emotional fear. There's a surface level of this pain. And, the, and you know, in, in uh, physiology, the pain, uh, the, the pain fibers are short. So you get through those quickly. And then the pressure fibers are long. So you feel those more. And that's the same kind of thing. Like we run away before we get into the good stuff. The pressure fibers are more like the orgasmic kind of feeling, a kind of sense, you know, that's why people have orgasmic births. They're sensing pressure fibers. The pain fibers are not necessary. Okay. And that's because of willingness to go through that surface level pain. Now this is symbolic in the physical. It's also the same in the emotional. They're really the same thing. And when hypno babies was taught to me, um, you know, I was meditating with every day, the understanding that 
all pain is fear made manifest, right? Um, so when it came up and it seemed like there was pain, there was just a willingness to breathe through that pain and allow this other sensation, the pressure sensation, to take effect, you know? And there's no, I, I know when I, uh, when I had a busted, well, it's not, not, not too busted, um, but when I first fell down and uh, got this thing all cut up and it was all bloody and everything, and it was all huge, like it was this huge foot, oh, no, don't touch it, and everything like that. You know, people were trying to, like, give me freaking uh, heroin. There's a name for it, though. It's something else. It's heroin in a pill. Um, different stuff. And it's like, it, it's like, no, I don't, I don't need that like harshness, you know, I'll take some ganja butter. That's cool. You know, you're chilling out, you put your attention into the sensations, um, you know, but trying to dole them out isn't really key. I mean, I could see like, if you're totally freaking out and you need to calm down, of course, you know, um, but the drive to dull out the sensation, that's what we do. We use things like TV, like snacks, like smokes, like whatever it is to dull out the sensation. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. That's not the thing. It's not saying, okay, I'm going to stop doing that thing. Just notice it, when you're watching, it turns into a completely different thing. It doesn't even matter what your habit is. Whatever, when you're, when you're watching that habit turns into a completely different uh vibration because you're noticing the tendencies but you're not holding judgment right a lot of us have this sneaky it might be all of us okay uh, it probably is have this sneaky sense about us like there's some things we don't want other people to see us doing i love to put my eye on that and one of the things i one of the things you guys know um i like to have spliffs okay i got spliffs um i roll spliffs up I smoke them on my patio. Whenever I'm rolling a spliff or I'm smoking a spliff on my patio, the whole thing for me is alertness of what is this thing about the judgment, you know, like who might see me. Like the way I sit too, I sit, if you guys ever drive by my house, here's where I sit. I'm like, I got a patio on the side of my house. And if you are on the street, you can see me smoking a spliff. I can't see you. I'm faced the other direction, right? So there's like this game, this ego game about that. Like who's like fucking watching me smoke a spliff from down there on the road. And I love that. That's my favorite thing. That's what I'm looking for. That's why I'm here. That's why I seem to be here. That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's what I want to see. See, what most of us do is not look at that. We try to pretend like we're not doing that. Trying to hide or being sneaky or something like that. See, and, and I know, like, the way you're looking at me, like, right now, I know, I know that. It's like we don't realize it so much. And this is a tendency, you know, watch, just watch. There's all kinds of different ways that this pops up, and we're not aware of it. We hide it from ourselves so much. We hide so much from ourselves. Ridiculous. Um, you know, it's like, the, like uh, one of them is you're over there, you, there's some donuts, right? And you're like, ah, oh, and your mouth's all full of donuts. And then there's some, oh, you don't want someone to see you eating all the donuts, right? Just like little stuff like that. That is it. That, it's that in the moment. It's that in the moment, okay? Um, so just to, the, the sense like someone might watch me or get the wrong impression about me because they see me doing this. This is something that we're always like, 
uh, making this, we're always building this image with the ego in a certain way. Like people, you know, we want people to see this in a certain way. This is a very common thing. Okay. Um, there's a guilty sense. That's why there's a guilty sense. Why would I care about what anyone on the street is thinking unless there's a guilty sense? That's why I want to see it. Because then it's just, once it's seen, it's just like relaxed. The thing is just like relaxed. And it could be anything. Maybe you play video games. You don't want someone to see you playing a video game. You know, these things pop up all the time. Because there's this sense, if they knew this about me, there's no way they could love me. That's the ego sense that we build with the ego. If they knew this about me, there's no way they could love me. So... I had an idea in my head and it, uh, that uh, no way Tony would like me if he found out I was a smoker. Like when I was 21 and I met him, right? Because we were both total workout people. Like we'd go jogging and everything. Uh, you know, I'm still a total workout person. I still like smoking. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking he's not going to like, you know, like smoking. So um, I just didn't do it around him. And I'd make sure I use breath freshener and stuff. And I just like not smoke as much either. I didn't mind. Um, and, and then one day I take off my pants and some matches fall out of my pants. And he's like, why are there matches in your pants? And I go, because I smoke. And he goes, what? No, you're kidding. I go, no, it's because I smoke. I didn't want you to know. So I just smoke when I'm not around you. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, fuck. If you smoke, just smoke. I don't give a shit. I'm like, oh, cool. Still didn't want to smoke around him. Now I smoke around him all the time. It took me like 20 years to smoke around him. <laughs> now I smoke around him and kiss him afterwards with smoky-ass breath, and he's happy. It, it took me all that time. It took me all that time to accept myself as I seem to be. It's only as you seem to be. You know, you just seem to be like that. And that's all it's asking is for your, you know, your love, your appreciation. So it's like, and, and these patterns are so deeply wound and they're tied to everything. I mean, really, everything that we make up, they're all based on these patterns. And, you know, people distilled it down like the I Ching, the Gene Keys, human design. They distilled that thing down to like 64 different freaking patterns that we're working out. It's really interesting. Like there's a, here's the shadow of these patterns. And then there's this, uh, progress progression that you go through the patterns. And remember the only action you can do is observation in that. And then you're progressing through the patterns because you're seeing what it is. Like, you know, say you're, uh, uh, you're, you're selfish, right? You know, you notice yourself. I have that tendency to be like very selfish and it's just like watching that. That's all. It sounds like, it's not like it's something wrong with it. You're not supposed to be like, uh, Mother Teresa in your dream, you know, you're supposed to be waking up in your dream. That's why you want to be dreaming right now. That's why you really want to be dreaming because that's what you're using it for. And when you're using it for, for that, also, you're indefinitely patient. You're just always patient because when you're using it for that, you're bringing joy. You're always more and more joy. Okay. So you're like impatient indefinitely because it's almost like, oh, it's kind of like this sweet romantic story. Like this thing that is so lovely um, that, you know, I made in this dream that I made, it's so lovely, it, it's also falling away. It's going. It's going away. 
You know, it's like, let it unwind as long as it takes to unwind. That's another thing, the unwinding, okay? So, you know, DNA is spiral like that. And you look at a rose, the way it, it buds, it like spirals out. Like, you know, uh, there's, all these, there's all this spiraling. Um, so, interesting thing, you know, thoughts are also spiraling. And it's like, at first, they can be, you know, when you look at thoughts, it, it's, it's like they can look like, oh, this is so beautiful, like a flower, you know, this is so beautiful. And it keeps on spiraling just like a flower. It turns chaotic and all those fucking beautiful leaves die and they fall and they, then they drop, right? So you don't have to follow any of those. That's, that's the thing. They're, they look like they're going somewhere, but they're going nowhere. They're all going to death. As they, as they spiral, they turn into chaos. They go nowhere. That's why, you know, you've, you've probably heard people say, don't make a tattoo of that thought, that saying. You know, people get a tattoo and put a saying on themselves or something like that. You know, don't make a tattoo out of that thought. It's like you use it for a pointer and let it go. I have to make it into something. You know, you use it for a pointer and let it go. It could be the same one over and over again. It's always used as a pointer. Then it's not getting stagnant at all. You know, use the same, uh, uh, the, the same phrase. If that's the phrase that appeals to you in the moment, that's the one that really... Uh, it shows you, you can get a deep understanding, a deep uh, awakening through that saying, then great. And the spiraling, you can see it can go back the other way, like back to the bud phase, you know. It's like, uh, it, it's like when you're, when you're like, okay, I don't, need to follow that. I realize I don't need to follow it. It's just like, it twists back almost like it doesn't need to go off into chaos. Cause it's just like not, uh, you're not trying to take it and make something of it. So that's what's, you know, pursuing thoughts. When you take them and try to make something, you, you suck at it. It's always going to chaos. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how things are going to go. You can make plans, but you don't have a choice in that. So you might find yourself making plans thinking that you actually have a choice in making plans or not, and you don't. And none of those plans even mean anything. Because the whole purpose, the whole point of you having this experience right now is for awakening you from dreaming. So uh, that's why I'm always reminding my friends that we're dreaming. You know, but yes, okay, it happened in a dream. We're dreaming, okay? Yes, everyone doesn't like to hang out with me. That is true, especially certain members of my family. <laughs> Not that, you know, and the thing is, all the right people come to me. Like, you know, we get this idea like, okay, if they're our family, then we're supposed to be like this with them. It's not like that at all. It doesn't mean anything. You know, we make, these, we make these ideas up about how things are supposed to be, but these special relationships that we make to see through, they need to be just the way they are. They need to be the people, everything. They need to be just the way they are. And, you know, that's like just something I've been teaching my own mind for, I don't know, what, eight years now? Like eight years. So uh, my son and I are going to go on a 
trip when he turns 21. We're going to go to the mainland. Um, his grandma lives where his casinos are, my mom. And we're all going gambling when he's 21. <laughs> so, so I go, last time we went on a trip together, you were like 12. He didn't want to go on trips with me, you know. And you were like 12. He's like, yeah, I'll go on a trip with you now, Mom. And it was like, and it's kind of like, wow, it's, it's interesting just seeing how it goes. But um, he's like, yeah, I was really scared in that trip. And I go, what were you scared of? He was like, I was scared you were going to freak the fuck out on me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know. Because I would have these episodes where I would just, I would just snap. I'd be driving and he'd be the only kid in the car, only person in the car next to me. And I'd freak out in the car and get completely just distraught, crying, calling myself the worst mom and all this stuff like looking for sympathy and stuff like that. And uh, he was like so scared to go anywhere with me. And I go, I know, I remember that. And it wasn't long after that that everything changed for me. But they didn't change for you guys for several years. They didn't change. Everyone was on edge around me. They still had that image of me. So so I was just watching because I knew the change had taken place. So it was kind of like a big awesome secret that no one would believe me (laughs) if I even told them I didn't go home and tell them I've changed you guys no I just like went home and I knew that I was gonna like show it like over time you know and it it was really it was really difficult probably the most difficult thing ever at the at that beginning point when I decided to change I just realized it wasn't, I realized what it was. I didn't have a choice in it, really. I just, like, realized what it was. I was like, oh, shit. And I was so happy. And, uh, and you know, it took him so many years to just, like, finally go, oh, she's not getting mad at anything. <laughs> and then if she does get mad at something, she says she's kidding afterwards. Don't take that seriously, you know. <laughs> Because especially, you know, at the beginning, I would find myself like just things just come out. You can't even help it. You know, like I was I was talking with my daughter and some pattern just came out. Well, you're you can tell by the tone. Um, And I go, whoa, I go, that was not about you at all. It was completely about me. And then and then we had a hug and it was the most magical hug. You could sense the energy, the shift in energy. My daughter felt really secure in that moment that I wasn't going to be disappointed in her anymore. I was done being disappointed in her. And I was done with that disappointed feeling, too. It was really magical. So my daughter saw me right away, like really, like right away. She was just like, whoa, that's completely different. But my son, um, who's, a you know, my bigger son, who was around when I would, like, be doing fits, and I'd be screaming at night, too. I was in so, so much pain. Oh, my God. I just thought my, my life is the worst. I would often hear in my head about how I wanted to die and stuff. So when I had the transition, they, they didn't even realize. They were just, like, kind of, like, treating me the same way that I was in their imagination from previous experiences with me. But over time, it just showed again and again and again and again, as it showed again and again. Now my son's like, oh, yeah, I would totally hang out with you. I'll go cruise around with you. <laughs> You're not even that weird anymore. I was, I was really weird at the beginning of COVID because, you know, 
whatever I was saying about that COVID thing and all that stuff, it was way different from what you were getting on like social media or so my kids were like, what are they freaking crazy? What's wrong with my parents? And this is embarrassing, right? This is terrible. Just terrible. So I was like, uh, you know, of course, allowing my kids to be as they are like, uh, you know, compliant fucking people. <laughs> I mean, I call them what I see them. I, I, I don't try to like sugarcoat it. That's what it looks like. Compliant fucking people. Is that okay with you? Yes, it is. <laughs> so nowadays, in, to, in, in, this, in this day and age, it's only been COVID for like two years or something. I'm like up there in my room and I hear my son down telling my husband and they're both talking the same exact thing that he was telling us that we were fucking crazy about a couple of years ago. And not only that, my son is meditating now. So he tells me stuff that's kind of like the stuff I share with you guys. I go, yep, that's my son. And it's funny because up to pretty recently, um, he was trying his best. And I really appreciate it too. He was trying his best to get me to feel guilty for the way I raised him. Okay, so we kept on playing this little game back and forth, back and forth. And then the last one um, was where he came in and said, I, if I just would have gone to the brain specialist that time when I fell uh, on the skateboard, that you didn't bring me to a brain specialist, and so now I'm like this. And I go, oh, you're like that, and it's because of me? Oh, you're fucking awesome. I'll take that if I made that all day. <laughs> and then he was just kind of like, I saw the look on him, like, kind of like, what am I even saying? Like, am I fucked up? Am I fucked up right now? Like, what do I like? <laughs> Let's see. What's wrong with me? Uh, let, let me see what I can nitpick about myself that says what's wrong with me. Right? Who did you compare yourself to? 20-year-old billionaires. <laughs> yeah, I'm already been real because you're dreaming. Yes, I'm comparing myself to, uh, you know, what I see on social media. When I, the guys I'm looking up to, they're my age and they're making a lot more money than me. And maybe if you would have taken me to that brain specialist... <laughs> I could be on that fucking caliber. It's just fun. It's ridiculous. It's fun, right? So, uh, and then the other thing is you're raising your other son. He's telling me I'm raising my other son, son wrong. I'm raising him wrong because I don't give him any discipline at all. He just plays video games all day. That's what he loves to do, okay? That's exactly, by the way, same thing the older one was doing when he was 13. <laughs> You know, that's kind of been playing out for a while. I shared with you guys over the months and uh, maybe years, too, where I, I almost sent the, uh, the boy to school. He almost went to school, and then he changed his mind, and then I got him out of school and everything like that. So, uh, so my big son goes at it again with this boy on the, boy on the computer. He's like, he, he, just needs, he just needs this. He just needs some of this and some of this and some of this. And, and I go, well, you know, well, maybe you want to do that with him. And he goes, well, I'm not the one raising him. 
I go, yeah, you are. You live here. <laughs> no different. <laughs> you think I'm obligated to do something because it busts out of me? <laughs> no, all, none of us even have a choice. You know, it's like this, this thing where we like lay a responsibility on someone else to make us feel better. Like I feel upset. Here's like more honest. I feel upset after I see you do this with my brother, you know, because I'm making up a story about how I'm not good enough. You know, basically making up a story. And, uh, and, and then he came up to me a little bit later. He goes, Mom, I'm sorry about that. I don't want to. And I go, you know, I love it. He's like, I know you do. <laughs> I know you. I go, yeah, I, I, I want you to say it to me because then we can see it. We can see what it is. Like when you say something to me and I have a reaction to it and I could see my reaction to it and my reaction to it is actually making you say things to me. It's freaking amazing how we just play off this energy like this. So, of course, nothing anyone could say is ever wrong. It's like, no, don't say that to me. And that's exactly how my family is. Don't say that. So I posted something I think you guys know uh, about um, my father. When my father passed away, um, I posted a picture, a really cute picture. Well, I was really cute. No, my dad's really cute in that picture too. Uh, <laughs> but I just look so cuddly with a little chubby belly. I just want to... <laughs> So I hold that thing, bounce it around, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, you know, talking about abandonment and stuff like that. It's like, I love all that stuff. You know, I get the sense that my dad abandoned me. It's like, I love that. It's, like, it's not like I have a, like a, a repulsion for him or there's some kind of healing or something that I got to heal through or something like that. When I get the sense that I'm abandoned and I'm making it, it real for myself, I'm freaking stoked. I think it's great. I'm partying with my dad in that moment. I'm not trying to separate myself from my, from my dad. The thoughts that are coming up are thoughts of separation, and I can see them. That's how I'm not trying to separate myself from my dad, because I can watch the thoughts of separation without buying in as if they're real. Even if a part of me is buying in, there's still like this oversight, observational, that's bullshit. What you're buying into is bullshit. When you're buying into it and you know it's bullshit at the same time, it's incredibly healing. But we, we tend to go put, put some judgment on that. What's up, Michelle? You just said when you're buying into it, you're okay with that, that's healing. Mm-hmm. But if you're buying into it, then you're playing that game. Yeah, well, it's like in consciousness. In consciousness, it's like this, this uh, image that you made with the ego could be buying into something, but you have oversight on that. So even as you're watching the image of yourself, you actually have oversight on that. Buying into something and know that it's delusional, that's key. That's the observation part. Because if you're just buying into it and you don't know it's delusional, you won't accept, you won't even be willing, you won't even hope that it's delusional. You know, I tell people just hope that it's delusional because you feel stressed, because you feel upset. And it'll, the way will be shown to you for knowing that, that it is. Okay? So the, the thing is we won't go to our thoughts are delusional because of our conditioning. We want our thoughts to be true. Anytime anyone comes up to me and tells me how they're upset or something, and they're always doing the same thing, you're making their thoughts true. 
That's all it ever is. They're making something meaningful that's chaotic and not meaningful at all. You can get everything and you will because it just comes to you anyways. You get everything you need without, you know, making it a, a upset feeling true, basically. Without making it true. That's all. Everything is coming. And, you know, but if you're making upset feelings true, you know what? That just makes them more true for you and it keeps them looping around again. And, you know, what happens is over time, uh, the body goes through aging and stuff like that. That's the reason it's aging, you guys. It's only stress. We believe in this aging thing and that stresses us out too. We see evidence of it in the mirror. I love that. That's another one. Evidence of aging. I see evidence of aging on myself that brings up a feeling. That's what it's for. It's the same thing. It's like this upset feeling. No, we're perceiving an error. It's a perceptual error. The error is in the sight. It's not in the manifestation. It's just in the seeing. You're not seeing it for what it is. So we're perceiving from this body sense, right? We're perceiving the whole world from this body sense. This body sense that we made with the ego through our conditioning is all bound up and stressed out, okay? That's how it is. It's just all bound up and stressed out. And people don't realize that it is. It'll be like, you know, I was asking one of my friends, hey, have you like accessed that pain in a massage before? Oh, no, all the massages, they're just real comfortable for me. I don't get any pain in massages. Okay, so the, this is how people do massages, I guess, when they're just like going through the motion, right? Just going through the motion. And for a lot of people, they're so hard. They have such a hard armor on them. You kind of have to push really hard to get right through there to get to any kind of pain. But if you push anywhere, it's pain in there. And, you know, they know that in all kinds of different, uh, all kinds of different yoga and uh, Korean and Asian, you know, karate and stuff like that. They know this. Aloha. Thank you for coming. Yay. <laughs> Let's get you all situated. We'll go back to talking. <laughs> I like your bun. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Aloha. Fantastical. Oh, no, you're all good. You can't interrupt anything. We were just talking about that. <laughs> Yay. Right. Aloha. Thanks. You're sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I love your colors. It's gorgeous. Thank you. All right, so we're talking about the body sense. So the whole world is being perceived through the body sense. There isn't a body, there's a body sense. The projection of a body that looks like a body is manifest manifestation of the body sense and the whole world is also manifesting from that sense. Now the sense that we get of the body as we're developing our ego, okay, we develop our ego early on. As we're developing our ego, we're getting a sense of fear, okay? We could have the best parents ever. Still, the conditioning is going to be toward fear just because 
there's this innocence and a world that does not look innocent, okay? So there's this <gasps> clenching. And in that clenching, we make patterns and to make patterns in the mind where it's constricted. And so our physical structure, structure and the world that manifests around us is coming from this sense that's distorted, okay? So you notice like a newborn baby, the way their body is structured, right? Uh, it's a reflection of the mental body. You can pretty much bounce those guys. They don't break. Like their bones aren't hard yet right? They're just, they're just so soft, like nothing, no, no, nothing has accumulated yet, right? And then they're going through the life, things start getting harder, things start hardening up. And the, the, in the physical sense, you know, it's like these structures get more conformed. And, you know, whenever there's a sense of fear in, 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 the, in the mind, it manifests somewhere in the body sense, too. And in the physical sense, it projects as a blockage. In this case, what we're learning about a lot um, is fascia. That's what's showing these blockages in the mental uh, body. What's being, you know, the mental body is in the order of things higher than the physical body, okay? Because there isn't a physical body. That's just a projection, okay? So in the mental body, when there's blockages, it's going to project out as certain blockages. Now, everyone's got a pain body. It's a very painful body. I mean, look, you could just take a knife and stab it, and it hurts. That's how you know. It's a pain, painful, I mean, it's, it's weird that we would be susceptible to anything like that. It's, it's weird and odd that you put a knife in that thing, and then the shit spills out of it, and it hurts, right? That's, a, that's, that's the thing. We set it up like that as if it's something that hurts. Now, we, we're all wound up with all this kind of pain, and the pain is manifesting as things like war, for instance, you know, if the whole world is manifesting off of the body sense. And each one of us is on our own private, separate journey. There's only one of us. But each aspect of the one of us is on a private, separate journey. No one knows what the other one is perceiving. No one, no one knows. The whole world is projected from your body sense. No one's having the same two perceptions of anything. We all just make things up. We make things out of things. We see something going on. We make something out of it. We might even get really animated about it and like, oh, this thing's really important. Nothing's important. Nothing matters. And when you think of things as being important or, ma or mattering in this world that we perceive it stresses you out. And that's the reason that you want to see that it doesn't matter. Because when you're not stressed out, you can handle everything that's coming. You can just take care of whatever's coming. Because you know what's being taken, what's taking care of it is your guide. You're not doing anything. Your thoughts are guided either by the ego or by your spirit guide. You know, you could say God's good guide. Some people's spirit's guide is a demonic spirit guide. Or some kind of evil spirit. There's plenty evil spirit guides. You know, and you know, you you know when it's an evil spirit guide if the goal is to get you anything in the world. It's so simple. It's so simple. Will this make you money? That's the ego. Will this get you this? That's the ego. Will this get you? That's the ego. It's not to be condemned because it doesn't exist, and condemning it tries to make it real. 
not to be condemned. You, you made the ego, projected the ego, an unreal entity to help you hold this illusion in place and convince yourself that this is really real. That's what you needed to get to this point. That is what you needed. Because if you didn't get the perception that this world was real, you'd have no emotions to play with. You wouldn't be reacting. You need this reacting. So anything that, anything that you get reactive about, let's say um, your partner decided they were going to turn polyamorous and you weren't into that, okay? Um, and and you, you think you don't like that. You're wrong about that. You convinced yourself that something can go wrong here. You know, when we see that, we become very powerful with whatever it is that's with us. And, you know... This was something I learned when I was a kid. Most kids don't learn this stuff, okay? I learned it when I was a kid, though. I learned that, you know, anytime you have an upset feeling, you're out of tune is what they would say. You're out of tune with the spirit. If if, if you have an upset feeling, you need an adjustment of some sort. And, you know, the way the ego looks at at that is it's like it's some kind of punishment. And certainly that was the way they would choose to adjust, um, apparently. No one's really making a choice. I know I'm making all of this up. So the way it seemed like they're choosing to adjust is to do corporal punishment, to adjust another person like that, you know, and that's just because these things are taken wrong. It's like you need an adjustment, but not by another person. Like another person doesn't have to hurt you. You need an adjustment, but you have to seek the adjustment. That's why it's called in A Course in Miracles, they call it atonement because you're, it's like you're, you're, whatever, whatever you thought before was the truth, you're willing to see it in a totally different way. You're willing to let go of the, of the framing that you made of that thing, whatever it is. I'm not talking about sugarcoating things at all. You know, you can see things exactly as they are, but have a different frame, right? Or, and it's not even as they are, because you don't see anything as they are. You see it as it appears to you. And you don't have to try to pretend like you see it different. It appears to you that way. And okay, what you need is a space of peace around it. That's something that you can extend. And that's just a choice. Can you say it's kind of like, uh, okay, I'm having this perception. And then kind of instantly being like, okay, I know that this is a perception that I'm having. It's not the truth at all. So, okay, relax. Yes. And then like, okay, but what are the symbols of this perception? No, you don't have to go that far. Okay. Forget it's about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just make it really simple because you, it's not for you. Look, you will know what you need to know when you know it. I got that from access consciousness years ago. And that was like the, my favorite thing they ever said. You know what you need to know when you know it. That shuts down all kinds of stupid ass chatter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. You'll know, you'll know what you need to know when you know it. So you know what we're looking for an answer, looking for an answer, looking for an answer. You don't have to look for an answer. See, it, it's all it's all just coming. I give you an example that occurred uh, occurred this was it this week? Yeah, I was talking about something. Oh, wisdom dialogues. I was telling you guys. I think it was the online one. I was telling you guys. You know, I have yoga all the time. I could still tell I'm twisted. I feel twisted. I was telling you guys, you know, when you, when you focus and you get into the body sense, 
Remember, the body isn't real, but this whole dream is a dream of a body sense. Okay? So when I'm getting in touch with the body sense, I'm noticing that I'm twisted in a certain way. And I was sharing it with you guys on the online. I was like, yeah, you guys, you know, you might look at me and think, hey, you look pretty straight. I can tell I'm not because I'm, I can look in, I can look into the body sense and sense what that is like, what it feels like to apparently be in this body. No one's in a body. So, uh, so in tuning into that, I could tell, oh, it's twisted. I don't think shit about that. Nothing. Nothing. Next thing you know, uh, I go check out this thing that my friend showed me and we're adjusting the ribs. And in a really profound freaking, I mean, right now I have like a, like an adhesion that just came off of this lower rib right, right here. It's like, it's kind of tender, but in a really nice way. Um, it's like, ah, oh, I, I did not look for it. I wasn't going on Google twisted ribs how do you get them straight or something like that just noticing that the ribs are twisted and just like uh, you know and it came out like I made a comment about it like hey this is what it this is what it looks like when I look in and I look at the body sense it's like at the ribs it's twisted it's like twisted this way and so the next thing you know uh something that my friend actually uh sent me over like months ago and I said, I'm sure it's awesome. Everything you ever recommended to me has been totally awesome. But I don't want to start a new thing right now. I've got, I got things going on. So then after I was sitting around um, and, and not having my regular yoga that I normally do, I, oh, I'm going to check that thing out. Next thing you know, we're totally adjusting the ribs. That's, that's, how, that's more how it is. See, but when you think you have to go, uh, go after it, you actually block the, um, uh, the awareness of what's just handed to you. So it's, like, it's almost like you're taking a really hard way around to get to that thing, like thinking you know what you need. Same thing with your curriculum, mm -hmm. right? So when you're asking, but what is the symbol and what is this, what is this? Same thing. It's like you're trying to, to design your own curriculum. Your curriculum is only getting a, a perception having a reaction. That's all it is. You don't have to decide like what it is. If something has symbolic symbolism for you, you'll just know. That's all. You just know. You don't even have to guess. If the question occurs to you, remember, you don't know what you need to know until you know it. Okay. And then that shuts off all that chatter. That, that's one of my favorite things too. It's just uh, shut down chatter over and over again. Not anyone else. I don't care. People could be as loud as they want. I love it. I'll be over there uh, in Shavasana or something, you know, in a deep Shavasana, and all of a sudden someone will slam a door right next to me, right? And the first thing is like, ah, oh, thank you. Whereas, you know, before when I was in my mode where I thought the world was real, it was like, how am I ever going to ever get quiet time where I could just meditate in quiet? And the thing is, my mind is loud. So... Last night I was taking a bath, like nine o'clock at night. My son, being the total fuck up that he thinks he is, he's already in bed because he's like, you know, in college full time and also running a, a web business, right? So he's already in bed. So I'm over there. Uh, <laughs> thinks he's got a brain injury or something. I'm like, dude, okay, you're in university making straight A's and running a business, okay? That's not. That's not a good story for you, okay? It's hard to buy into that one. 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe you knock some sense into yourself or something. I don't know. <laughs> but so, so he tells me in the morning, because, you know, he's up early in the morning with his drink and he's going to work out. It also works out. And then, uh, and he's telling me in the morning, he's like, yeah, mom, when you started the bath, because the bath is kind of close, but it's an outside bath, it's kind of close to where he stays and he's sleeping. When you started that bath, man, I was so pissed. I was going right now as I'm falling asleep. Fuck. And then I realized that doesn't mean anything. And I just went to sleep. That's my boy. (laughs) It's funny because... It's funny because it was just a couple months, uh, a couple months ago. He was saying that he he wants to be nothing like me, right? <laughs> uh, and I was going, "You're probably going to find out that you are like me, and you're going to like it, though." <laughs> and oh wow! And this is like more of a uh, more of a recent development, you know, 20, oh, 20 years old. And um, finding out, oh, what I, th- it's so, so trippy how fast things change. And I think it, it's at any age too, but how fast things change from one way of looking at something mm-hmm. to another way of looking at something. And we as parents or friends or anyone who has people struggling, basically the boy was struggling. He was thinking he wasn't good enough um, and thinking that his parents are to blame for it. Doesn't that sound, I mean, shit, that's what I did. <laughs> same exact fast. thing I did. <laughs> Can we see this yet? <laughs> he's like, he's like, maybe if you wouldn't have just given me ganja butter and had me go to bed, and you would have taken me over to a brain surgeon. I'm like, I, it looks like the ganja butter is working really well, actually. I heard brain surgeon. I'm like, fuck no. What do they want to do? Operate on brains. There's no need to go in there. <laughs> oh, my God. But, you know, being the mom that I am, of course, I gave my son the choice, too. I said, you could do a couple things. You can go see the brain surgeon or you can get on ganja butter and chill out until that thing heals on its own. Because when, you know, like in the in the hospital, they're going, you need to get complete rest. No looking at a phone. No thinking, basically. You need rest. Your brain needs rest. That's what it needs. Like, oh, no brainer, ganja butter. (laughs) (laughs) But the story, it sounds terrible. A mom completely neglected, didn't take him to the brain surgeon. And now he's he's messed up. Now he's not a billionaire. Now he's not a billionaire at 20. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) There's other kids who are a billionaire on... As 20 and uh, at 20, and their moms probably didn't give them ganja butter. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like the stories, and they're always like a hook. They're always like to try to hook you, you know. And I was playing with that when the kids were really young too, when they'd mess around and do do wild stuff like my my four year old on the roof, you know, just the idea that oh my gosh, if he falls off of that roof, what are people going to think? And it's like, oh, that's the reason I'm afraid of his falling out the roof. That's very interesting. That's what I mean about noticing your tendencies. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's no such thing as a bad person or a good person. You didn't, you're making that stuff up. All the things that you perceive everyone else doing is coming from you. Okay? Everything you perceive anyone doing is coming from you and it's for you. You can only perceive something that you have the potential for. 
You cannot have a perception of something that you don't have a, a potential for. So it's like, yes, it's all me. The murderer, the saint, everything in between. The pedophile. I love to bring that one up because I know people are like, oh, oh. I know. Believe me, I'm not saying that I want a bunch of pedophiles running around. It doesn't sound fun to me. Um, but I know that this is a perception too. It's just a perception too. And the person acting out as a pedophile also needs love. It doesn't mean, I'm not saying, I know the ego gets all, all, I'm not saying they should babysit your kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not that you have a choice in that. I'm not saying they should have them teach preschool or something. <laughs> but it's in the heart. It's in the heart where you're holding something about a person. You're holding something about the person. Yes, people got pervy energy. You know, we got that. We got this, uh, we got this, uh, we got these, these things where, you know, we think that it leads to pleasure by taking advantage of someone who doesn't even know what the fuck you're talking about, right? Taking advantage of someone that, like, somehow that leads to pleasure. Always leads to pain for people. For my particular step, stepdad, it led to his nose off his fucking face. You know, weird shit happens when you're, you know, you're, you're thinking that you're getting something good. Oh, this is good. Let me touch this young kid or something like that. It doesn't fucking, it doesn't go anywhere good. Because it's harming and it's only harming yourself. It's a harming thing. Whenever it's a harming thing, it's always harmful for yourself. It's always going to manifest in some kind of punishment. Okay? So when you get the perception, oh, someone else is like a pedophile or something like that. I noticed myself get triggered today. Jerry's not here anymore, but I'll tell him about it later. I got triggered today by Jerry because I have my house cleaner in there, right? And uh, she's a cute little chick, and she's wearing little tiny shorts. And, you know, she's pretty hot to look at. I mean, even I catch myself like, uh, yeah, that's pretty hot. And she's cleaning the house, you know. Um, and, 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 then, uh, and then I'm chilling out with Jerry. And Jerry, oh, my goodness, he's like, oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, she's got earphones in, so she can't hear him or anything. He's like, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, it's something like, aren't you going to, aren't you going to join me in that? And I go, I would, but I'm not a perv in my 70s. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd join you right away. <laughs> it's like, you, you know, it's like when you call out the pervy energy, but no one's guilty, right? No one's guilty. It's like, that's what that is. And, uh, you know, notice the tendency, just noticing the tendency. You know, I had my uh, 80-some-year-old uncle think that it was a good idea to grope me at a party one time. It was really fun. Uh, this was pretty recently. I was, like, in my late 40s. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was a good idea. And then it was just like, whoa, no, I don't want any of that pervy shit. And that's exactly how I said it. Whoa, I don't want any of that pervy shit. You know? It's like, it just like comes out like immediately, like whatever it is. No. And he's like, whoa, hey, I wasn't trying. And I go, okay, that's fine. I'm not into that. And he's like, but I saw you naked. I saw a picture of you naked. And I go, okay, well, maybe you should go to that beach and get naked with me and uh, hang out and see that it's not really a big deal to be naked. <laughs> but then he's like, 
I'm sorry, I'm the worst. And that's the same sense I got with Jerry too. It's like, oh, I'm just the worst. And say, you know, um, you know, and the thing is, you're not, there's not, there's nothing wrong with it. You're pursuing something that's harming you. That's the thing to see is that you're pursuing something that's harmful. And anytime you're in a position where it's like, oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah. And you're idolizing a body like that. It sets you up for disaster. So it's like, you know, you can get the sense like, you know, for, for me, I see it too. It's like, oh yeah, that is a really hot ass and legs, but that's it. That's a really hot ass and legs. That's it. We don't need to grind on it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's just, it could just pass. Then, you know, because whenever we're making something idolizing like that, whenever it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, give it to me. You know what? There's always fear of the opposite. Because it's like, oh, like that's where your salvation is in that moment. Like, like that, that's where it, it's at, you know. And that's why people have this thing with this uh, infidelity thing, you know. Like they want to make a commitment. They'll go, wow, this is a really great person want to make a commitment with them, you know, and they'll go and they'll be really like sincere. I want to make a commitment with you. And then they're feeling really bad about it. They went and they did a thing and the person's all pissed. Look, that person can't help it. Not because of anything, but they don't realize that those thoughts are meaningless. They don't have to follow them in the first place. They're following thoughts. Everyone's following thoughts. So And the only reason anyone's ever going to follow a thought is if they think that pleasure is over there. There's pleasure in that place, okay? So they're looking for that pleasure. They find out it's pain every single time. They're like, God, why did I do that? The thoughts were meaningful to you. And so so that's how you know you follow the ego's guidance because whatever you think is leading to something good, it leads to the opposite for you over and over and over again. And that's every single workout regimen, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It's always going to lead to death. That's where it goes eventually because the pattern just goes chaotic, right? So everything is, you know, comes down to this moment. Like what is it in this moment? How does this, uh, how does this energy body sense feel in this moment. Now you get to, so tuned into that, you can see the fluctuations before they even manifest on the surface. You can tell. Like before this, before this fall, I could feel something. I didn't know, of course, right exactly like when it was going to occur, but I could definitely sense an energy. And there's kind of like this, this sense like, okay. And you're, you know, it's, and that's why immediately, like when I fall, it's like, I'm already prepared for gratitude. Like the way is already prepared that that's gratitude immediately first thing because there's nothing there. So you know the opposite of that. Uh, I experienced the opposite of that uh, where my friend is going through something where she's at a hospital or something and just going, I am so stressed out. This is so stressful. This is so terrible and stuff like that. That's a choice in the moment. So I know it's a choice for her in the moment and she's not ready to hear that it's a choice for her in the moment, but I know me just knowing that it's a choice for her. I don't have to buy into the suffering. 
I don't need to buy into the suffer and add to suffering. It's not like, oh no, I'm so sorry. It's like within myself, I'm like saying yes and gratitude for the person because they can't do it right now. Yes, gratitude. You won't hear me saying, I'm so sorry you're going through that because it's within me. It's a yes and it's gratitude. So, you know, it's like I could be there for a person, but I'm holding on. I'm holding the truth for them, even if I'm not saying it to them. Okay. Because not everyone's ready to hear the truth, especially when they're believing their stressful thoughts. It's kind of like they're jealous of these. They don't want anyone to take these thoughts away. Don't. Don't touch those. I want to keep this pain. Who would I be if I wasn't stressed out? Who would I be if I wasn't always texting people saying how stressed out I'd be and how fucked this thing is? Different stuff like that. Look at the tone. Okay? There's a tone to everything. And we're conditioned to react to each other's tones. And a lot of times we don't notice it, but we'll say something in a certain way and not realize why the other person is reacting like that. Why? All I said was, why are you reacting like that? It's always your tone that gets the reaction. And that's what's fun about it. This is not a guilty thing. That's the way the ego takes it. Oh, my bad. I fucked it up. I mean, that's like one thing in a game or something like that. But, you know, like they, it's like a board game. It's all a game. Um, but there's like no way you could ever make the wrong decision or get it wrong. So everything that you seem to do, look at it as a blessing. Everything you seem to go through, if you're willing to look at it as a blessing, you'll see it as a blessing. Look, you guys, if you just smile slightly turn up the corners of your mouth only, just slightly, there's a response that smooths everything out. There's, it's like an automatic. It's like, you know, one way they say it is it tricks your mind into thinking that you're having fun. Guess what? You are having fun. You just don't know it. You are fun. There's no opposite to that. So you're, so, you know, you, they say fake it till you make it. Turn the corners of your lips up. You are not even faking it. You're actually faking it when you think you're not having fun. Okay? I, I got sadness come up uh, past couple weeks, couple weeks ago or something like that. I got sadness come up. You know, it's like people don't get it. People don't get it either how much fun I'm having when I'm talking about sadness. I'm talking about this is the kind of sadness, sadness that came up. Abandonment, stuff like that. And the first thing I get a call from my mom going, oh man, are you all right? And I was like, all right, I'm freaking stoked. She's like, oh, thank goodness. Cause you know, I'm the only one that's always like, everything's freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm not calling her with problems or anything. Oh, thank goodness. Everything's all right. Um, so, so I go, yeah, this is, it's amazing. I love sadness. Like I don't mind if I cry about it, like with tears and stuff that doesn't happen for me. It hasn't in a really long time. Just because, like, I'm talking about, you know, pursuing thoughts. I can't pursue it. I can't make it real enough to get tears to come out. I got to, you know, maybe if you were paying me and you were like, okay, you're an actress. <laughs> make it as real as you can so you can have some tears come out of your eyeballs. So maybe, I, maybe I could. But, you know, I didn't see any, any use in pursuing them to the point where I'm crying because it made no sense. It just made no sense. 
So I'm just taking the thoughts and the fear and the upset feeling of this structure that I made with the ego, the structure that has my, has the name hope, right? And she was a little girl in the story and her dad abandoned her in the story. And at that time, she got an experience of abandonment that got stuck in the mind, okay? And that sense where it gets stuck in the mind. So when it comes back up and the sadness is triggered, I am freaking stoked. That's how that gets released. That's the reason I talk about it. That's the reason I talk about it. I don't talk about it to get attention, to get people to call me up. Oh, are you okay? Are you feeling sad? No, I talk about it because that is actually the way in. That's the way to seeing. So uh, you could say in the mind, I've grown around the sense of abandonment. In the body sense, I've grown a low level sense that something is wrong. Okay, just like kind of an underlying, and we have many of these. I've got like an underlying sense that something's not right. There's some kind of problem here. So when I get the sadness triggered, then that's my opportunity to release that pain. Okay? It's a a way to see what's bothering you. Okay? It's not the only way. I was talking about earlier accessing it through the body. You can also access it through the body because it's a pain body. You don't have to stab yourself. You don't have to cause yourself any kind of pain um, that's not uh, uh, tolerable, let's say, that you're not able to breathe calmly and deeply through. Let's say that. That's really the best way to tell if it's too much for you or not, you know. But we're, we're burying these things deeply. And so that's why when someone goes, oh, oh, you were abandoned. Oh, I'm sorry about that. We're just helping each other very deeply and we're acting like the abandonment is real you know when i'm talking about it i'm talking about how i feel and then i'm talking about how this is a pattern and how the purpose for it coming up is to heal it that's all but when we go for the conventional way oh i'm so sorry oh your mom died oh my gosh i'm so sorry why are we we sorry why are we being sorry we're dreaming we're dreaming we're sorry that's a fucking joke that anyone dies. No one dies. No one died. You know, we get this sense like, uh, okay, out of a body sense, another body isn't being projected. But that doesn't mean that that, that person, you can call it a person if you want, is to identify, went anywhere. There's nowhere to go. They never left you. There's because there's one of us. It's one mind. So, so we get the perception of these bodies with space and stuff like that, and we get totally screwed in the head about who we are. We're not these separate bodies. We're just one mind. We're not even body. We're mind. You know, Jesus would talk about how, um, you know, when you take communion, you're uh, taking the body of Christ. So basically, uh, this is what we perceive of the body is one body. It's the body of Christ. And that, that's the whole world you perceive because it's only one. The material is one too. That's also one. It's one manifestation, one projection. There's no place that your borders end. You get a sense that your borders end at the skin, right? Those are your borders. It's not true. 
There's nothing. And it, and it seems like we got a mind in here that's private. It's not. It's one mind. So whatever we think everyone feels, whatever thought process we follow, everyone feels. That's why if you find yourself in a conversation with someone and they just reacted to you negatively and you're going, what did I say? It's your energy. It always is. It can't be another way. So it's more like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, thank you for letting me know. That's interesting. Ooh, better calm down. It's easy. It's okay. You're not supposed to be perfect. <laughs> I love it when my husband tells me to calm down. That's like my favorite thing. It triggers me, right? I, you know, when you're in a conversation, you'll start to get on a roll, right? You'll start to roll. So, you know, I'll get excited about things from time to time, and I'll start just start to get on a roll. And my husband's not used to that. He'll just go, okay, calm down. I was like, <laughs> it feels so hot inside my core because like the first thing I want to do, don't fucking tell me to calm down, you know? So I love that. That's what I love when it comes up like that. I want that. I'm like, yes, tell me to calm down again. <laughs> it's orgasmic. <laughs> I want that, you know. Sometimes people hear me uh, talking about my husband like that. Like it sounds like, you know, I just like let him like just tell me what to do and stuff like that. Like, yeah, when I want him to, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like it's always in the moment, you know. It's it's always like in the moment. It's like, yeah, if I want him, you know, when when I was over on the Kona side and I got this foot all inflamed. And I called my husband and I was, you know, I was just injured. I was shaking. My voice was shaking, everything. And I asked him to come pick me up. And he said, no, I think you should stay over there for the, for the night. And immediately the first reaction was to get like, fuck you. You come over here right now and get me right now, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, like I, that, that was like the first like really quick thought. And it was almost like the sense of abandonment too, like the same, the same kind of thing. Um, and then it was like so quick though, that I realized I really don't want him to come. Okay. Come in the morning. Cause these people were just taking such sweet care of me. I looked at them and I was like, oh, they just want to take care of me. So, you know, I, I go, I go, oh, okay. That's cool. So still there's a sense of abandonment. Like, why didn't he just want to come over here and get me, you know, uh, just a sense of abandonment. So I just noticed that that's all. It's really just noticing. I don't have a process for it. And I'm any kind of, I'm, all I'm doing is noticing that I'm getting that sense. That way I'm not making it real. I'm not noticing I'm getting that sense and chewing about how I'm going to get back at him. Chewing on how terrible he is all the time and making it really real for myself, stressing myself out and stuff like that. No, I just notice that I'm projecting something. And then I can see the similarities too. I can see how I felt abandoned. Uh, I felt abandoned uh, from my dad. Um, and, you know, my dad passed away the same day I fell down and, uh, Kona five feet <laughs> in myself up and I was sensing a sense of abandonment and then another sense of abandonment and then a sense like you know you're screaming and no one can come no one's going to come get you and stuff like that um, and then getting that one twice you'll see them stack up you'll see the synchronicity the, the experience will start sta- stacking up you'll see what emotional trigger 
is coming back up around and around again. Again, you don't need to look for it. It'll just pop in there when it needs to be seen. When you need to know it, you just know. So, you know, people like to try to use spirituality to try to make their lives better. And that's why there's all this seeking, 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 seeking. Um, that is definitely a, uh, a, an, an evil force. You can say an evil energy taking over spirituality anytime it's about getting something in the world. It started back in the days like medieval times where people would want a, a love potion to make someone love them. Same thing. That you're looking for something in the world to get it. That's not it. It's never going to lead to anything that you want. This thing plays out over and over again. Yeah. We go to, we spin around, spin around, spin around. It gets all chaotic. And we've done the same thing millions of times. So we're watching the spinning right now where it's getting all chaotic. Now the world looks all chaotic, right? Um, And it just keeps on going through cycles like that over and over again until we see through it and we're actually glad like i get so glad that um i got the busted up foot and stuff like that that's not really busted i guess bust up um i was so what is it swelled up definitely swelled definitely got swelled up yeah (laughs) Uh, you know i was and and still am just having such a good time with it you know and i know people are really scared of that like you're having a good time with falling down and making it so you can't walk very well and you're having a good time with that? Like, is that going to bring more of those circumstances around? And it's like, no, you can't help it. But your non-gratitude definitely brings more of those circumstances around because it continues to wrap thoughts around this guilty, upset feeling. And that wrapping, wrapping, wrapping unravels into things, okay? So when you take it with gratitude, you can learn from it and through it too because you're not spending time beating up on yourself. You're not spending time making this a stressful thing. I could make it a stressful thing. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. I could make a thing about it. You know, uh, a lot of times people tell me, well, you have a lot to be grateful for because you have a really, really good life. And I go, okay, well, the good life comes in response to the gratitude, though. That's the thing. So you see what you see, your perception of, wow, people really love her. They just drive her around. Um, they take her to, to do whatever she needs to do. They cook for her. Um, they come around and pamper her. Wow, people really love her. Wow, she's got a lot to be thankful for. And, you know, the thing is, from my perspective, I am just grateful if they're slapping me across the face. Get better, get better, bitch. What are you doing? Following Kona. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm not leaving that guy to smack me around, but I'm grateful on my way out. Right? <laughs> I don't have a choice in that. And thinking that I have a choice in whether I, I, I leave a man who beats my ass will make me get the perception that I'm staying with someone against my will. Like I can't even, uh, uh, I'm just a bad person. Because that's the whole thing. It's supposed to make you guilty. The illusion is supposed to make you see that you're guilty. And you know, a lot of relating is like that too. I want you to see that this is your fault. Like as if, if that body over there did something, it didn't come from me. It's like as if, right? Aren't you going to get pissed that they were 
irresponsible with your computer and then they just left it over there and, and it freaking no it's the same thing if i did it it doesn't make a difference there's no doing here it's a dream no the person i told her the same thing i said you don't have anything to be sorry or feel bad about it's the same as if i was if, as if i did it and you're doing me a favor that's the main thing whatever you're doing you're doing me a favor I'm sure if I don't realize what the favor, favor is right now, I'm going to realize it at some point in time. But it's always an opportunity to relax if I feel triggered. So that's like a no-brainer. Always. Oh, I got a trigger off of that. Hope, you're a fucking idiot. Thank you. Because I get a trigger off of that. I hear something about me being uh, not good enough or something like that. I get a trigger off of that. I'm, that's why I'm like, thank you. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm not getting a trigger. That's a different that's a different thing. I'm not trying to resist the trigger. I'm embracing the trigger. Look, pretty much any time, unless it's really comical and they come up and someone tells me what a fucking asshole I am, or I hear about what an asshole I am, I get a trigger. I'm glad. That's it. I'm like, ooh, ooh, thanks. <laughs> hear from a friend about what an idiot I am by another person. Ah, thanks for telling me that. That's good. Get this sense like it means something. See, if I didn't make the world real in the first place, I wouldn't get a sense like it means something. I wouldn't be able to see through my conditioning. I wouldn't be able to see through the guilty thought, the underlying guilty thought that underlies the whole world and the body sense. It's just a thought of separation. You have something, Michelle? I was just thinking, so... Uh, so nothing is real and this is actually this is cool because I was listening to something else that actually said the same thing mm-hmm. and um, and yeah and I, and I understand that and I can see that and he also said the body's not real which I uh, as well um, thank goodness mm-hmm. yeah thank God. <laughs> and, and there's and there's the, and this is hard to even say but there's actual realities and truths that that have been that we've been living in that are going to be coming out that yeah. are ter- mind-bogglingly horrible on this perspective yep. of being a human being. Yep. So, um... Ooh, I just got a goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. It just, it, it just, we are going to be helping people who are freaked out by it. It just occurred to me like that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the reason we know. Okay. That's the reason we already know We've been freaked out by it. There's trippy things coming out. There's the, the illusion that's within the illusion. The way this world is run, it's really sick and really uh, uh, something that is like super vile and evil and wanton and mean and rude and all those things. Okay. Um, and and when, you, when you find out about it, if you haven't found out about it, um, when you find out about it, it's super scary. Okay. Um, it's also, uh, it's also very awakening because, you know, either you're just going to go like commit suicide or you're going to go, I'm going to awaken either way. It's good. Either way. (laughs) You can't get it wrong. Cannot get it wrong. Um, but you know, if you're, if if you have, if you've heard about you know, even, even for any of our consciences, for any of our consciences, even those of us who have heard about it, we are going to be shocked by what kind of bullshit has been being pulled on this, this illusion within the illusion. Look, 
What keeps you safe in all of this is knowing, number one, it's not a threat. It's not a threat. That's number one. You're knowing that it's not a threat makes it not threatening in your dream. So you're always safe, no matter what. Yes, you're always safe. Exactly. You know, someone could be killing you. Like in the, in the story of Jesus, right? Okay. Someone's killing that fucker. He's on the cross. He's got nails in him. They even sliced him over here. He's bleeding and shit. Right. And he's in love. He's in rapture on that cross. The stories they wrote, they wanted to make it like it's a, a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't terrible for, it'd be terrible, to, you know, the way we've been conditioned to see a body going through that stuff, but bodies don't really go through anything. And a mind that's completely purified of guilt cannot have pain. So he's just in that moment on the cross, using the, the crucifixion for the final purification of his mind. And he goes into rapture. And, you know, that's a, that's the thing. So anytime, you know, the ego will try to throw something out. What if you're in a concentration camp then? Well, you know, one of my friends said, well, what if they just take us and go to a concentration camp? And I said, man, I'll tell you what. If I find myself in a concentration camp, that is going to be the best place in the world. That's just how it is. You know, like if you're there, that's the best place in the world. So, and I, if you're at the concentration camp with me, we are going to have some fun. <laughs> I hope I'm with you. I, mean, I, I've taken, we are. So I've taken the, the, uh, the, the one where, you know, I've seen one, one of those movies before where this, this guy's about to murder this woman, right? She's on the table. She's on the murdering table. He's got a murdering table. He's over there sharpening his knives, and she's on the murdering. Right. He's over there sharpening his knives. He's on the murdering table. All of a sudden, I notice I'm triggered. I'm, like, scared that this might happen to me. So I just allow myself to be in the situation. I allow myself to be because, you know, if you imagine something, it's just the same as you're in the situation. So I allowed myself to be in the situation just like instantly and allowed myself to be shown that it's okay. Even in that situation, it's okay. Because, see, you cannot get, what you're scared of is something that you can never, you're, you're never even going uh, to get to. You're not even going to get to that. You're just going to keep on getting scared, 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 scared. You're scared of being scared. Okay? So that's all you're scared of. In, in the moment, you know, uh, it's like you could sense, okay, if I find myself in a situation, I'm getting that kind of feeling. Like, if I find myself on the murdering table and I'm getting that kind of feeling, What's that like right now? That's all it is. You're relaxing it. So this is how movies become healing. See, the normal way to watch a movie is just like watch a person get murdered, feel terrible, and go, fuck, I hope that doesn't happen to me, right? And that's how we're, prote- we're perpetuating it, actually. That, that, you know, that's why we like start getting all this violence in movies and everything so we can, get, we can perpetuate it. Oh, scary movies. Oh, I'm so scared. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen to me. You're bringing it on into the world. Bringing it on. You get an upset feeling and you hope it doesn't happen to you. Look at that. That is not how you use hope. (laughs) That is not how you use hope because that's like the opposite is coming. So, you know, the only thing that hope is valuable for is truth. So if you're hoping for relief, that's something that can be given you. If you're hoping for a sense of joy, that's something that can be given you because that is aligned with the truth. 
you're hoping for a reinterpretation toward truth. That's something that can be given you. That's what hope is for because it's true, because it's something that you can actually use and it's something that actually benefits you. When you hope for anything in the world, you're condemning yourself because nothing in the world can ever satisfy you and it never has. You've made up stories that certain things have satisfied you, but that was always your own projection. You are making it as if it was true. So when you hope for anything in the world, you are lying to yourself. You're telling yourself that you have no power and you're telling yourself that this illusion is real and you're at the whim. You're at the whims of fate. And when you believe like that, you perceive like that and that's a suffering way of perceiving because you're just like blowing around, have no dominion over anything. You can't even have dominion over shit. You can't even have dominion over one thought that says that chick has a nice ass. You have to get like all fucking, you know... (sighs) <laughs> it's like it's like this hook it just like pulls you you know and i love stuff like that so i'm not saying to avoid stuff like that too you know it's just basic basic sexual fantasy it's very common um you know when i find myself being taken by a sexual fantasy i don't resist the sexual fantasy see that's the thing i'm not saying i have no sexual fantasies Sexual fantasy arises for me. I'm not resisting the sexual fantasy. I'm with the sexual fantasy in truth. So looking at it in truly, it just doesn't get all the way to where it's like, you know, like it'll start going a little bit. It's kind of like the same thing like sadness, though. If I'm not pursuing that image, like you have to really like put a lot of energy to follow it, right? You have to, you, you visualize a body and you make that body really important and you make it the source of your pleasure. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, basically the invitation is to relax. It's not like you're going to miss out on any pleasure. If you don't follow that fantasy, you're not going to miss out on any bit of pleasure. You're going to, you're going to actually find the path that's to pleasure. Cause you don't know. You have to be completely like a, like a newborn child on that. Be like, I don't know. I just know that when I'm making things in the world meaningful and I'm pursuing thoughts about those things being meaningful, I'm fooling myself. So Leah and I were talking about that with the urine. I got a good friend who loves urine therapy. Oh, yeah. Um, I I got a lot of good friends that like that stuff. You know, we were talking about that. That's where you drink your urine. You rub it on yourself. You swish your mouth with it. You put it in your eyes. Enemas. They got all that. You could make a bathtub and swim in your urine. Um, people are really into this. Um, yeah, friend, friends going on hikes, they're like, ah, I don't even have to like drink, drink a bunch of water. I just pee and drink. Um, so, yeah, and it seems like for people who are into it, it seems like the best thing ever. Like it's going to be the key to eternal life for the people who are practicing the thing, okay? And, you know, it's got to be the key to a pers- uh, fucking eternal life if it tastes like that, okay? You're not just going to be doing it for no reason. <laughs> Damn. People tell me their pee actually tastes like coconut. I said, I'm just going to go for coconut water still. I'm not going to go <laughs> for coconut-flavored pee, okay? <laughs> I love to laugh about that one. It's just the funniest thing. But, but you know, I get it. I've drank my urine, too, before. I did, I did it for two weeks. And I made a promise to my sweet self that I made with the ego. And I said, you never have to do that again. And I'm still thanking myself for that. Because <laughs> you did have to do it during the two weeks. Yeah. I didn't have a choice. Yeah. 
But, but back then, you know, that was quite a, quite a while ago. I actually thought I did have a choice back then, so I didn't know any better either. Did you experience anything with that? I'm just wondering. Really bad tastes. That was the biggest. Uh, that's all I remember. Yeah. It was two weeks. I was like, man, okay. Well, if I'm going to eat like this, if I'm going to drink this stuff, I'm going to give it two weeks. I better see some. There's so much. Like, there's an entire... Everything. Like, everything. Everything. Yeah, like Just every... My friend, my friend is... Her skin is glowing. She's, like, rubbing urine the on herself. Line, they all glow. All they all glow. They all, all glow. The glow. Oh, and, and you know what? I go, I don't give a shit. Oh, I'm not doing all it. All of them. <laughs> they look amazing. Yeah. They all drink it? Yeah. yeah. And they swish with it. They swish. They put the eye yeah. their eyes. Yeah. And they glow. They look like the healthiest human beings you've ever seen. Do you have any... <laughs> Yeah, okay, I got... Oh, they're all, they're, they're all over. They're all over. Look for any glowy motherfucker and say, Shabambu? And they'll say, yeah, I don't know. They'll That's tell you about it. Or, or in therapy. You're in therapy. Yeah. 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 So anyways, it's, it, it, it gives people the sense that this is the be-all, end-all. This is like, we're going to save our body. We're never going to age. We're going to do this. We're going to, you know... And, you know, my friend Leah, she knows so much. She's like, I know. I see it. My mind goes there. And that's all you need to do. You just need to watch your tendencies. Watch making the urine therapy as a real thing, as something that can really think. Like for me, I've been getting into block therapy lately. It's like I know it's not a real thing. That that can't actually do anything because it's a physical practice. But it's in the mind where it's something. It's in the mind where it works. And see, the thing, only thing we need is to purify our mind. We don't need to purify our body with urine therapy, and there's nothing wrong with it if we seem to be purifying our body with urine therapy. I mean, for some people, it might be a pain point for them. They're like, okay, um, when I drink that urine, I just feel this, and I uh, go into that, and I, you know, I can see that because it's like a nasty taste. At least mine is. Maybe other people's really does taste like coconut. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Maybe they just haven't tried coconut. <laughs> no, they, they probably tried coconut. Most of them is at least pindle Hawaii. <laughs> I've got, I've never drank it. But I put a little bit on my face one night to see if it made it like really glowy. And then I smelled my face, smelled like pee. And then I, I was like, I don't love that. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, actually, no. It's not steamy, but it's pee. Yeah, so no matter how how major, I mean, I have one friend who was rubbing blood all over himself every day. He was so glowy too, <laughs> right? It's like, it's all in the mind. So it's like, you think you're doing something, you think you're doing something extreme. You're drinking your piss. You thinking that you're drinking your piss, and that's doing something that's making effects. Let's start thinking about this while I'm drinking water. Exactly. And, and you know what? That's, that's shown the same thing. Yeah. That's actually shown the same thing. There's actually been experiments like that where people take the water and you're talking to the water. And depending on what you say in the water, it changes the structure. Okay? It changes the crystalline structure of the water. It's the same when people meditate on doing yoga. Their mm-hmm. body actually transforms as if they've done it, which is yep. more flexible and everything. Yep. Just because they're meditating on it. Because it is mental. It's not physical. Even yoga isn't physical, you guys. You know, you see, you, you, you think you see through these bodies' eyes. You think you see something. You think you see a body. But there's no body. 
So the practice of yoga is not physical at all. You may be apparently getting into a physical pose, but the whole purpose of it, the way it was set up originally, the whole purpose of it is to access pain in those poses mm -hmm. and breathe through the pain to purify your mind. That's the purpose of it. That works. You know why? Because you're using your mind. Okay? That's why, you know, they say, too, when you tune in, too, that's what makes a workout work because you're tuned into the sense. You know, some people can barely work out because they get so tuned into the sense. They'll just get like really ripped from not working out so much, you know. And then you, myself, man, when I was younger, oh, my God, it was battle of the bulge all the time. It was always like a, I'd like look at food and get fat because I thought food was fattening. So I just like look at it and I'd get fat. <laughs> I would. I just think about eating and I look in the mirror and I'm bloated. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we trick ourselves like that. We totally trick ourselves. It actually, when I was, uh, I was like probably like 18 years old, I met this guy. I was giving him a ride somewhere, and he goes, I'm going to go to In-N-Out. It's a burger place in Southern California. And I go, oh, hey, oh, no, no, that's too much fat and calories for me and stuff like that. He was a Course in Miracles guy. I didn't, re I didn't know it back then, but I know it now. Because he was telling me about how food can affect your body. And I just thought he was freaking crazy. Yeah. He was telling me food doesn't really have any effect on your body. I could not, I could not even understand that. And now I see, you know, it's like, oh, it's mental. The whole thing is mental. No one eats. No one even eats anything. It's a mental trip. It's all to bring up pain. So say you, th you thought you ate something and then you had some indigestion. That's it. That's, where you, that's what you need. That indigestion is what you need. And then look at the thought about the, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. That needs a correction. That thought needs a correction that you shouldn't have eaten that. No wonder you're upset. You think you can eat. It reveals guilt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's all. Yeah. So all. So all day long. All day. All day long. You guys. You're. You're. It's. It's. The illusion is telling you you're guilty all day long. It's constantly telling you're guilty. You, that you're guilty. If the food made you have indigestion, you're. You're not limitless. You must be vulnerable. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're totally powerless. Burger is gonna wreck your whole situation. Right. Yeah, it's it's great. And then uh, yeah, I had some cheese the other day. It reminds me that the acupuncturist is like doing some acupuncture, and he's like, "So, uh, yeah, you just had some cheese, huh?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I sure did." And uh, you know, I don't have any problem with that. I just don't have any problem with it. Uh, you know, he's like, uh, "So." Uh, what are you doing? Like, what are you taking for the pain? And I go, well, I definitely have minimum two spliffs a day. And he's like, okay, he writes it down. <laughs> and cheese. And cheese. Well, uh, so, someone gave me cheese. I'm not always eating cheese, but uh, yeah, I do, eat, I do eat cheese. I do eat it whenever I feel like eating it. So, <laughs> you know, he, write, he writes that down. And, you know, what I notice, like, when you're talking to a professional, you're telling about your habits or anything like that, there's a tendency, and normal people get uh, guilty about whatever the habit is. They might not tell them about a certain habit, or they might say it and say, oh, I got to fix that about myself. So what's different and kind of interesting about the way I relate with my habits is they're all perfect. No, I don't want to change anything. No, it's good the way it is. And I get a sense like, 
well, from time to time, I'll get a sense like, oh, hope, you know, that smoking, if you just like not be smoking, that stuff is fucking killing you. I'll just like from time to time, get something like that. And I'll just be a release. It's like another release. There's no one smoking. No one has a choice. You know how much agony that is to be like thinking that you shouldn't do. That's what most people do all day long. Thinking that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe you shouldn't be eating that chocolate bar. Maybe you shouldn't be, or maybe you should be running more. Maybe you should be kinder. There's no shoulds like that though, because you're watching a show. So there's no shoulds. It's a past playing out right now, showing you what you're using to try to make yourself believe that guilt is possible and you are guilty. Okay? That's what we do to ourselves all day long. It becomes a really fun game when you see it because you're automatically allowing these things to fall away. You're not giving any more truth to guilt until the innocent self only remains. When the, only the innocent self remains and there's no guilty scars, you can say, adhesions. It's like an adhesion. It reminds me of that. You know, they call it adhesions like when the fascia is stuck in the body, right? They call that an adhesion. And it's like there's this guilty adhesion to your pure, pristine, freaking uh, innocent mind. When the mind doesn't have any more guilty consciousness, then you can see. Then you have real sight. You're not going to perceive anything else as a threat ever again. And you're sure as shit not going to be afraid of food. All right? Even if the cheese shows up on there <laughs> somehow on that thing. Oh, you know that. Oh, shouldn't eat the cheese. <laughs> oh, you caught me eating the donut. Oh, you caught me smoking. Right? Just like let everything be. Oh, you caught me masturbating. That's embarrassing. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. You guys have any questions or anything? What time does this start? At three. Got it. Yeah, three to five Fridays. And then I'm online also on Mondays. I've been there. I saw you there. Yo, you did. You went online? Cool. Yeah, creepy, right? <laughs> creepy, yeah. Creeping online. <laughs> it was like, where is she Monday through Thursday? <laughs> and then I'm, out, I'm in a lot of places. Um, and, you know, I'm not consistent at all when it comes to things. I'm just like, shoot from the hip. We probably, probably guessed that when it comes to writing stuff. Um, but I have um, Awesome Hope Johnson on Instagram. You got me there? The YouTube. Uh, there's YouTube. There's yeah. Instagram, too. Okay. Awesome Hope Johnson on Instagram. I do wisdom bits that I only do for Instagram on Instagram. Uh, I usually do them twice, twice a week. They're just short little wisdom things on Instagram. Um, and then some of my writing ends up on Instagram when other people post it for me with pretty pictures, which they do. That was really fun. And uh, Telegram. Awakening with Hope on Telegram. And Facebook. Wisdom, wisdom Dialogues Online. Plus, you know, my homepage is like really entertaining. My last post, which I love the most because it's my last one, is all about butt fucking. And so I recommend. What about what? <laughs> butt fucking. You didn't see it? No. Oh, you didn't see it? I, 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 you know what? I think I'm being uh, like shadow banned or something. Because with all that no, butt fucking in there, there's only like 13 people on the post. <laughs> That doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're a keyword. Right. Yeah. 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 I loved it. I loved writing that. I laughed so hard. It was so good. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> when it makes you laugh, that's how you know. All right, you guys, I think we're all good. Oh, yeah, hopejohnson.org. Go to hopejohnson.org if you want to, like, get all my shit in one place, hopejohnson.org. You can even find Miracle Botanicals, the essential oil company that I founded that's got the best essential oils in the world. Um, in my dream, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. It's just a bunch of peas. Yeah, right. It's really nothing. Yeah. Right? You could also donate on there. Any donations that you put here, those go to Hawaiian Sanctuary. Um, also, you can do one on one with me. I love that. And you can contact me. So, hooray, even get my book, Unschooling for Parents. Damn, we got a lot of shit going on, apparently. All right. Aloha, everyone. Ahui ho.